Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. This is our 59th episode. Uh, Scott is here. I am here, unsurprisingly. And we are very excited to be joined by a favorite friend of the show. We got J.C. Allen of Pewter Report. Anyone who knows the Bucks knows J.C. And they know he is dialed in. He's been at training camp this week. So we are going to be picking his brain for as long as he will be kind enough to lend his time. Um, how is everyone? How's everyone? Good? Doing yeah. great. Awesome. Doing well, man. Good yeah, to be yeah. back. And good to have good to have you on, J.C. I've been... I've had your alerts on for your ask me anything. Uh, is it has it been eleven o'clock? I'm seeing it pop up on my Twitter feed. Maybe noon every day. It's it's been awesome. It's been all over the place. Literally, yeah. whenever I'm I'm headed into camp, and when the camp um, yeah. is over, I try to I try to put them up. Camp is over now, so I don't know how frequent I'll still be able to get them up, and and you know what the what it will look like. But I do drive into work every day, so maybe I'll start doing like a morning commute AMA. So, you know, we'll get those going. And, um, yeah, it's been great just to kind of give, you know, fans a platform to speak. And, yeah. and I know when we do these podcasts, it's hard to get to everyone's question and everyone has something to say and has a concern or a comment on something. So to be able to give these, you know, the fans that platform and that voice and giving them information that, you know, Training camp's over, so you're, if you're not in the stands or you're not media watching it, you don't know what's going on, and uh, it, it's it's been a lot of fun. So a lot of good participation on there, and uh, I'll keep doing them for sure. People yeah, keep coming in, I'll keep doing them. Yeah, you, you, they're, they're great. You've cornered that that Bucks um, Twitter space is very well, JC. It's a great way, like you said, for fans to be engaged. I enjoy listening and tuning in every time. Mm-hmm. I know our guy Josh Quapo. Also enjoys it, I'm sure. He's saying keep your shirt on. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a pewter report insider or what. But it's, uh, it, I was on the loose cannons, and you know how that goes. Oh so, yes, okay. that's all you got to say. Um, we get it. We get it. It was in the least- summer. It was downtime. I just, just <laughs> things got crazy, and we all ended up with our shirt off somehow. I don't know what what happened. I don't. Amazing. I'll have to go back and check that one out. Um, <laughs> Please don't do yourself a favor. <laughs> And unlike Quapo, it's really easy when I type in your name to not misspell it. Uh, J.C. Allen, what a clean name you got, buddy. We, we like that, too. Right. You know, I, I could have went with Josh Allen, stuck with that, but I don't want to confuse people. You know, a lot of people confuse me with the Jacksonville defensive end. So, you know, yeah. people, I was a quarterback for the Bills. Cool. Guess, so You don't want to – yeah, like you have a bigger you have a bigger arm than the Bills, Josh Allen, anyway, right? right. So you don't want to be downgraded as like, you know – the lesser armed Josh Allen, because we know that's just not the case. So right. I mean, if I remember in Buffalo and I need to make reservations somewhere, I'm sure it'll come in handy. You know, I I, I feel like he does okay. I feel like Josh Allen does too. Okay. Oh, Josh Allen is coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like the Josh Allen of Twitter Spaces. Um, yeah, seriously. Did you guys see? Obviously, you guys both saw it. But how about Aaron Donald swinging that helmet around during that? Ball? I mean, I mean, what? I, I, no no punishment obviously laid down yet but hey that was insane how about putting the two teams that played in the super bowl a few months ago in a practice together what just <laughs> what could go wrong i i it's so shocking that's i mean now yeah that is a little bit shocking that aaron donald you know assaulted someone with a helmet but still the fact that uh tempers flared up yeah who could have seen that coming 
not just one helmet, two helmets. Yeah, I two mean, helmets. Yeah, yeah, you're you right. Yeah, you look at what uh Miles Garrett got after he did one helmet, and uh, of course it was a regular season game of Miles. He got six games, so I mean, I yeah. think Aaron Donald should at, at least get nine games. You know, yeah. at, at ninth game of the season, you yeah. know for sure. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> that's uh, I think that's what they're thinking too. Everyone, uh, everyone in, in uh, the Tampa area. Yeah, uh, but Nine seriously games. though, ab- absolutely, like that's wild. And I mean, it's wild for anyone to do it, but it was like, it was Aaron Donald. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was Aaron Donald. If anyone doesn't need to do it, it's him too. Yeah, <laughs> he just like picks people up and moves them. It's right. so weird to see. Yeah, that was what is. Each- yeah seriously each knuckle on his fist is like a helmet like why you I do trains with knives in the off season literally trains with knives i've seen the videos it's crazy yeah it's, he, he's an he's insane animal of a person i don't i mean you don't want to make him mad I no, don't know I, yeah no the Bengals no uh apparently like uh, yeah just uh truly bizarre truly bizarre way to uh open up Twitter and see that. And it also like, uh, like JC mentioned, um, saw a couple of the miles, like the, the replays of the miles Garrett one from a few years ago with, it was Mason Rudolph, right. Was, was yeah. backing the Steelers. That was wild. I mean, that was absolutely nuts too. And just, you know, I feel like one crazy thing happens and then it kind of pushes up uh, the previous craziest thing that's uh, like out of the, out of the narrative. And we obviously haven't talked about the miles Garrett helmet swing in a while, but revisiting that, Oh man, and I'm almost positive it was a Thursday night game, so prime time and just good lord, <laughs> that was nuts too. Yeah, it was. That's yeah. I mean, it, you never expect to see something like that <laughs> off field. But it's worth mentioning, you know, the 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 precedent that was set with that suspension, JC. In all seriousness, I guess the difference they'll try. They don't want to suspend. I mean, I'm sure they didn't want to suspend Miles Garrett. They had to. The same goes for Aaron Donald, if not more so. But I I assume they will. Um, they will identify the difference between the two incidents being Rudolph wasn't wearing a helmet when he was getting the helmet swung at his face. And yeah. they're going to say like this guy had a helmet on or something. That's my and at the camp too. They're not going to do anything. There's yes. nothing to come of it. No, yeah. no fines, no suspensions or anything like no. that. It's just cool. going to be stuck in the rug. But we'll see if the, the team's got to impose something out of like if they want to, you know, yeah. preserve their reputation. So they'll just say it's a fine in-house or something like that. And then not um, really. <laughs> yeah. Before we get going, so for anyone, you can see it on the screen. Um, make sure you follow follow JC at JC Allen NFL. He's doing great work for Pewter Report, as so many of our friends are. Um, mentioned Josh Quapo, he's in the comments. Uh, JC is making appearances. We already talked about his Twitter spaces. He's all over Bucks Twitter and making appearances on podcasts. He's putting out great info, breaking news this year all the time yeah, uh, yeah. with first uh, firsthand accounts from camp. So a valuable guy to have on our Rolodex. Let's just say that one of our one of our OG guests. And uh, okay. we, worked, we, we, we crossed paths at Bucks Report right before you joined Pewter Report. So back when we were getting started with this. So it's so great to have you back on, um, JC. Just wanted yeah, to say I- appreciate being on here you know i you know i'm always trying to pimp myself out and, <laughs> and you know give any sort of insight i can to anybody ever any other uh media outlet that's that's looking forward i'll be on wdae during the season two which is going to be a lot of fun uh doing some morning radio afternoon radio hits so so that'd be fun but uh yeah and i love this we talked about it before we went live i'll, I'll chop up football with anybody anytime i don't care you know if you've got 
10 followers, 25,000 followers. I don't care. I'm, I'm just always on in football mode and, and ready to talk football, especially this Bucks team because, you know, I know them so well now. So, uh, yeah, any opportunity I get, I'm all about it. And it might be radio recently too. It's like Arizona. How the hell do you even get in touch with me? <laughs> hey, it happened. And it might be the last year to do it. I know you're you're a, you're a Baston guy, and for with Tom Brady anyway to cover him in the NFL this year. So, I mean, we haven't we missed our pod last week, so we've been off the air for two weeks. Um, Brady is back, as everyone knows from his excused absence, um, and you know it was kind of announced today without officially saying it that it sounds like he's going to start against the Colts on Saturday night I want to know JC um, if you have anything you care to offer in relation to that excused absence I don't know it's been talked about it is what it is but also just more specifically how did how did Brady look coming back this week what were the vibes you were getting being at camp was it like nothing ever like he never left or is there anything to report on or even just speculate on from your vantage point as it relates to Brady being reintroduced as the leader of this team. As far as where he was, you pick a theory and, and run with it. Mass Singer, he was on vacation in the Bahamas. His mother was not doing well. I mean, everything and anything in between. You know, Aaron Wilson came out saying that he was in vacation in the Bahamas and, and Dove Climbing kind of rolled with that. So I don't, we're never going to find out. Even when we get to talk to Tom on Saturday, he's going to be asked a question. What were you doing? What was the, you know, that was a personal thing. And, and you know, it's in the past. And right now we're just going to get ready and prepare for Dallas. And, you know, he's, or on in Cincinnati, you know, that's, that's the, the answer he's going to give when asked that question. But as far as practice, you look great. I mean, did Tom leave? I don't know. I mean, you could never tell. He's still slinging bullets, you know, to the guys and, and the cadence and has command of the huddle and, and command of, of the offense. And there, there looked to be no drop off at all. I mean, I said it multiple times on the Twitter spaces. If you think Brady was out there eating pizza, burgers, bonbons, and ice cream and not, you know, training still at some getting some training in. You didn't bring a football with him at all to throw the football for, you know, maybe an hour a day or so or, or whatever. Like, you're crazy. This guy is a machine. Just because he took time off from this facility doesn't mean he took time off of his training and his regimen. He was still doing that stuff. So uh, I he's he's looked good. I haven't seen any drop off. Uh, Coach Bull said it today, you know, between the two games, he wasn't going to play in anyways. And the practices that he missed, he was going to have he maybe missed five practices, you know, six practices. Three of those days were going to be scheduled off days. So he missed three, three practices total. And everyone's kind of freaking out. And I, and then obviously he missed yesterday's practice and everyone's like, he's a veteran off day. He just, he just had 11 days off. What are you doing? Um, but I really think that was more of an onus for him to be able to get for bulls to be able to get Trask some extra reps, right? Trask is probably going to play that entire second half of that game. Never played in an indoor stadium, never played on turf, you know, at least at the NFL level, you get him that experience on the turf, get them those extra reps. And again, you're not trying to, if Tom's going on Saturday, you don't want to overwork his, his arm, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, you give them the, give them the day off and uh, let them get back into the swing of things on Friday, which he was uh, Thursday, which he was out there. And then back to, back to, you know, normal situation, you know, just, you got to keep him fresh. <laughs> it's Tom Brady. He's 45 years old. Not a 25 year old guy. You say run it every day and you're going to do 60 snaps in practice or whatever. So He's anything but normal, and having him as your 45-year-old quarterback is anything but normal. So, like, 
Of course, things are going to go a little bit different. This is the first time there's been any preferential treatment. But I couldn't believe how many people online in the Bucks fan community were actually getting worked up about it and like getting acting like it was some issue. I'm like, would you rather not have Tom Brady or have Tom Brady and deal with a brief absence during training camp? Like this isn't even something you should be worried about right now. That was just sort of my general take on it. Um, the best thing was, like, oh, he's not coming back. He's retiring. His offensive line, he's not going to come back. <laughs> it's like Aaron Stinney went down and like, oh, he's not coming back. They lost Aaron Stinney. So I just, I don't. That was the yeah. craziest one, in, in my opinion. And, you know, you have the naysayers. Like, he's not committed. You know, how dare he? You know, who who does he think he is? Tom Brady runs the team. It was just, there were some crazy things and crazy rumors flying out from everywhere, including that mass singer one. But at the end of the day, it's Tom Brady. He's 45 year 23. He wants to take 11 days off. The coaches have okayed it. It was discussed before training camp started. He made an emphasis as he, as you know, both said to be there the first two weeks to make sure he was you know, getting those valuable reps in with his teammates. Who cares? Yeah. It was for me. It was never a big deal. I would just kind of laughed and shrugged it off and brought it up when people brought it up. But it's like, it's not a big deal. It really is not a big deal. If it was Albert Hainsworth after getting that giant contract, taking 11 days off and then coming back, like maybe, but it's Tom freaking Brady. Let's get real guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Scotty's back. I'm sure anyone who's just yeah. listening and not watching wouldn't have even noticed. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I couldn't believe that it was even a story. Like on, I know we're kind of getting into the dregs of the, of the, yeah, like up camp and everything like that. But it's it's literally maybe the person who's who's earned the most credibility and the guy could who could least be criticized for this in NFL history is Tom Brady. And like JC said, oh yeah, yeah, he took two weeks off in the middle of August and just sat around. Like, come on, what are what are we talking about? Uh, who knows what he was doing? Honestly, it doesn't matter. And <laughs> you know, J- yeah, JC lined out that it was only a handful, actually like three practices, like. Come on, people. Everyone just this is when this is really when we just need the games to start. Right. Like this is this is when we need to get into it, because come on, let's go here. For sure. It's going to get worse this next couple of weeks until until it starts. You know, everyone's going to be analyzing the roster and breaking it down. And this this is just going to it's not going to. Yeah, I know a lot of fan stuff going on. I know a lot of fantasy talk coming up here, too. So. Any predictions? I mean, I know. So I, I wasn't aware, but look, since 2009, Greg Allman reported that Tom Brady has always started and uh, played the final preseason game. Because um, the one thing I was just thinking, um, uh, if it were me, which clearly isn't, I would have like <laughs> li- liked him to get his, some reps in that second preseason game and then have time off. But th- the way Brady likes to do it is get into that final preseason game. Like I said, he's been doing it since 2009. Um, do you have any predictions or any intel at all jc um or scott in terms of how many drives do you think we're going to see from tom under center on saturday versus the colts in indianapolis yeah i think you, you go back to it before last year when they had four preseason games that third preseason game was always the one where you played your starters and, and then you played the rest of the guys the next week you know maybe sprinkle a few more starters in there guys competing um so this third preseason game without the fourth one you kind of do the same thing here and those joint practices are are huge as well to, um, you know, evaluate players. And I, I think we're going to start to see teams do more of that. I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, you know, teams do three, jo- three weeks of joint practices, you know, if yeah. they can get out 
via the schedule and then have the games because they're just so valuable. Obviously, you have things like, you know, today's fight happened and there was a fight. There's been quite a few fights in practice. Um, every every year, always, like uh, without without hesitation, there's something that goes on in one of those joint practices, it seems like. But I, I think I think two series minimum, you know, maybe a, the whole first half. Yeah, that's sorry. I would have guessed the first half just just based on him wanting to get as many reps as possible. But I mean, obviously, JC would know more than me. But yeah, oh, no, no, I mean, it's, uh, this is just a guesstimation point. Right yeah, now. he goes out in those yeah. first two series, leads them for touchdowns, 75 play drives after kicks yeah. backs or whatever. Yeah, you've seen enough of Brady. You don't need to see him there out there for a third series. You know? yeah, that's one of those, and I think it's more about the offensive line. You know, you know what Brady and Evans can do. Maybe you you get some concentrated looks at Brady Brady and Julio out mm-hmm. there and try to get those looks out there, or maybe Brady and Rudolph and, and call those yeah. style, those plays. But it's mostly about seeing that offensive line work with Brady and everything like that. Seeing that mm-hmm. you know how Hainsey, Shaq, and and, and uh, are going to be in that mix and you know this is every just because Gedeke was listed as a start on the unofficial depth chart he's getting the start this competition is not completely over yet um he needs to have a good showing out there because he still is a rookie and he's talked about it even up to this week talking to him you know it's still a, a change it's still a transition from the left side to the right side from tackle to guard from you know mac to nfl the speed you know he, he, he feels like you know pretty much he said um Asked him, are you comfortable with the position? And, and verbatim, I'll tell you what he said. Yeah, it, it feel, I feel like it's definitely coming along. Obviously, with position change, there's going to be some roadblocks in the way, but you have to just get over those. I'm only going to get better and better with more repetition. So that's the reason why he's out there. Get him the repetition. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why you have him at left guard, at that starting left guard. But if they feel like they're going to be, you know, it, it's a situation with Alex Kappa where Caleb Benioc started the, that season and then Alex Kappa came in, you know, midway and took over that role. If they feel like Nick Leverett is going to give them the best opportunity to start the season, especially against some really good teams, and then maybe you then you start to work uh, Gedeke in there, maybe that's what they do. Maybe they also live and die by the rookie as well. Tom mm-hmm. Brady's done more with way lesser linemen than what Gedeke is, even making the, the change. So um, I, I think you, you got to see Tom for, you know, a few series, and you got to see how he does behind that line. And then I think you work in some concentrated efforts to get the ball to Julio, get the ball to, to Rudolph, and then just kind of play the game. I don't think it's more of a, we got to win this game, make sure. You know. <laughs> and Tom's still going to be yeah. tough, competitive, and he's going to look for the open guy and pass it. But I think on some of these uh, on some of these plays, we'll see first reads be Julio and first reads be Rudolph. Yeah, that makes Great. a ton of sense. Great point in terms of like, you know, because I was thinking if, if we're predicting, I was thinking it might be more like, it'll depend more on how many drives he gets. And I was thinking he might, he might end after the first quarter, but what you're saying is so true in terms of the importance of, of his communication and being on the same page with this young interior offensive line. Um, and, and JC, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's huge. Quapo in the comments on YouTube, he's watching us, uh, says Gadecki, Gadecki going to be a star starter. Pardon me. Book it. Um, it does feel it, like my impression is it's his, it's his job to lose at this point. And you're right though. It's still a competition. That's just kind of the vibe I get since they've inserted him there. If he can come away without any holding penalties, um, cause he played well, he was standing guys up and holding his own. It was just a couple mental errors. So work, work those kinks out, but it seems to be he's holding his own, um, enough that I, I feel like it's his job to lose. I don't know. Um, if no, I agree. Any, yeah, no, I agree. I agree too. I think it's the it's you know if if he goes out there and he has a great game, 
it's pretty much going to be his job, you know, uh, get show that you can get rid of those mental mistakes, those, you know, uh, penalties sacks will happen sometimes. It's just nature of the beast. You know, I I'm interested to see if, if DeForest Buckner is going to play, cause I think that would be a really big test for him, um, going up against a guy like him. So I, I you know, mm-hmm. I just think that, you know what you, I think you know what you have in Nick Leverett. I think he brings a lot of versatility to the offensive line. So ideally he'd be that guy who, who would be the ideal backup lineman, top reserve lineman on the, a lot along the interior. But if get really struggles, then you might have to go with him. But I agree with Josh and I agree for the most part that Gadecki's a guy. And even talking to coach Joe Gilbert, you know, he, I asked him about the competition and he pretty much just singled out Gedeke. You know, he said at this point, there's n- still hasn't been a decision to be made on which way, but Gedeke ha- has been taking more reps with the ones for sure. And he's progressed pretty good through camp. So I think they mm-hmm. like they've seen that of him and it's his job to lose. It, Fair. Sorry, Carl, can I, JC, is, can you get a general vibe on just the overall view of the offensive line? I know, I know obviously this is totally revamped based on what they would have expected going into the season, even, you know, a month ago or six weeks ago. And obviously I know there's coach speak and, you know, we're just going to, we're going to, we're next, next man up and all that shit that goes on uh, at at camp. But can you kind of, can you read any tea leaves? Is is there anything that you kind of see with what they're feeling and, and what they're expecting from this group? I don't talking to the coaches. They don't, they don't expect a drop off Your okay. called, you know, and, and um, yeah, you know, Byron said it in his press conference yesterday. You know, I trust every guy, any guy I put on that field, I trust them. And Fair. you know, you need to be ready and you need to be ready to go. Now talking mm. heads in the media are going to say, you know, you've got Dana Vlosky talking about Brady and, you know, the offensive yeah. line, he would be able to get the ball out. And, you know, you had the most passes the last two years of 20 plus yards down the field. Failed to mention that he also had the second fastest release rate out of any quarterback last year. Mm. First was Ben Roethlisberger, who was just dumping screens off. Um, <laughs> so for Brady to have twenty plus yard throws and still have the fast fastest release, you know he's going to make it good. But the offensive line, you really it's really comes down to two positions, right? I don't think Shaq Mason. I talked to Joe Gilbert at the Arians Golf Found, uh, Family Foundation Golf Tournament. And from there, and he's said it to me multiple times at camp. Shaq's Shaq's fine. Shaq's gonna be Shaq's an upgrade over Alex Cap. Yeah. Maybe you know, maybe you know, you look at all the PFF rankings and everything like that. And Shaq's more of a run mauler than a p- true pass protector. But he's passed in front of. He's been a pass protector for Tom Brady for ha- almost his entire career. Last right. few years. So like he knows Brady's tendencies. He knows his cadence. He knows his nuance. At this point, it's just getting the communication down with Tristan and talking to Tristan. They've been talking a lot off field, a lot, you know, together on the field. And that communication between them is, is going to be solid. And, and mm-hmm. same thing with Hainsey talking to him, you know, Hainsey, even Donovan Smith, you know, Hainsey, Hainsey's been saying the communication is great. They, you know, they both know what they're talking about. They're helping us on the line. They're making the right calls. Talking to Hainsey, he's like, you know, having Tom there, um, make because Tom makes all the calls anyways. And then Hainsey, you know, it's you know, it's not like Hainsey's got to yeah. correct Tom for the most part. But then he goes, <laughs> yeah, good, good luck Tom. with that, right? Yeah. And after the play, yeah. he's asking Tom, "What did you see here?" So he can see it faster next time. So like the real question mark comes at center and comes at left guard. Donovan Smith's going to be fine. I know people are worried. Oh, he doesn't have Ali Marpet next to him. Donovan Smith was a top six left tackle in the league per PFF's grading. Like he was mm-hmm. very underratedly 
very good. Only one yeah. sack allowed last year. And of course the playoffs were a different animal, you know, but um, you know, I think when you're looking at this line as a whole, uh, top 10 units still, maybe not top, yeah. five, maybe not top three, but I don't see a huge drop off with Tom Brady's ability to make offensive linemen look good. I mean, I, I can go down the list with you. Steven Neal, former wrestler that was a guard, Ted Colony, <laughs> Ryan Wendell, uh, all these different guys who, who he's played with who were, you know, undrafted, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, you know, seventh round guys. That he's been as, ro- as rookies, too. As, as rookies, rookies. Too. As young. Rookies. Yeah, so. Yeah. Offensive line is going to be fine, I think. I don't think it's going to – I think they're going to be specifically – which works in the Bucks' favor. They want to run the ball more, and the guys you have are, you know, still – Gedeke's a better pass run blocker than a pass blocker at this point. Same thing with Hainsey. Same thing with Shaq Mason. So your interior guys are going to be able to move the ball, move the pile. And we've seen that for the first, you know, couple of preseason games. And now we'll get to see it with the starters, you know, opening up lanes and stuff like that. So God, I'm, I'm not worried about that. that. I'm excited to see some of those number ones <laughs> in game action. Hey, eh? like oh. covering a oh, lot yeah. of a lot of a lot of football so far this summer without seeing any of that. Um in turn, I just want to st- since we're talking offensive line, I want to stick there for one moment and talk specifically about Tristan Wirfs and this mysterious oblique strain. JC, what do you what are you seeing? What are you thinking? What are you hearing on the ground here in terms of this injury? Are we, is he at risk of missing week one against the Cowboys, you think? I don't think so. So the normal normal time frame for an oblique strain is three to six weeks for me and you. <laughs> We're talking yeah. about an NFL lineman who's getting the best sports medicine, sports science there is out there. Right. Um, you know, he's – Bull said he's on, on Wednesday. Bull said he's on track to be – or rather Tuesday. That he's on track to go week one. So – Take that for what it is. I think he'll be out there week one. Very least, he misses week two. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that comes back to week in week two. But I don't think he misses any more than that. I truly think he'll be ready to go week one. I don't I don't anticipate him not being out there. Um, but it is something to monitor because sometimes these things can come back up. You know, you, you move the wrong way. If it's not completely healed and not ready to go, uh, you don't want to rush him and have it be a lingering thing all season that that, you know, uh, inhibits his play so but yeah. as of right now i think week one worse is ready to go as a starting right tackle that's for sure now ryan jensen i had for anyone who wasn't aware i got i gotta compliment you man for some of the most hard-hitting investigative journalism i've ever heard listening to one of your twitter spaces your training camp amas when you were breaking down watching Ryan Jensen walk around the sidelines. I think you said you watch him go in the parking lot to his car or something. I can't remember exactly what you said. It was hard to say. Okay, that was amazing. I loved it because you were giving yeah. us the play-by-play of, of, of what you observed. This has been mysterious. Uh, like, you know, Aaron Stinney tears his ACL. We hear about it the next day reported. I mean, we're going on, what What are we, three weeks at least now? Yeah. A month? Like, yeah. Like, why are, why aren't we hearing anything? JC, I mean, I have to think that's at least not the worst news that we're not hearing anything, but it's also a little getting a bit strange at this point. I don't know if, if you care to offer your own insight, anything you've heard, the usual. Take it away. All right. So there's there's a lot going around right now between, um, you know, kind of what it is. I, I know some people put out he'll be out there week five. You know, the 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 biggest thing to, to know, the biggest takeaway to know that the Bucks aren't putting him in IR before the season starts. Uh, they will wait. They will cut somebody 
extra, maybe a wink nod deal with a guy like Josh Wells, who's on a veteran deal. Cut him. Uh, you know, he's a veteran veteran, so he doesn't have to go through waivers. Place Ryan Jensen on IR, and then after they do that, re-sign Josh Wells. Uh, something like that. That way it will allow him to come back uh, in as little as four games, which I don't think is the case, but at least come back at some point this this season. It was a golf cart that, that you were talking about. So Jensen came out to practice on a golf cart uh, the first day and then was seen standing around too, um, you know, for, for a brief amount of time, big brace on his knee, but no crutches. Um, and then on the second day of joint practice with the Dolphins, he was out there standing for excess of 30 minutes, walking around, shooting the breeze with guys, no crutches, big, that big ass knee brace on, but no crutches. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward to Saturday, the Dolphins game, he comes walking out of the tunnel, no crutches. I tore my MCL. I'm not a football player. I'm not a tough SOB like Ryan Jensen. <laughs> I was laid up on crutches <laughs> for like weeks. Like, I was, yeah. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't. The fact that he was putting pressure on at, at one point in joint practices on day two, uh, some of the guys were throwing the ball back and forth and they threw it in front of Jensen's path to walk and he had to stop uh, on a dime and he put all of his pressure on his left knee. And like, uh, like holy, like you didn't make a move, didn't wink, didn't blink, didn't wince. Like, you know, if, if you're being able to put pressure on, now there's a noticeable limp and everything like that. That tells me it, it's not a torn ACL or completely torn. Maybe slightly torn, maybe strained grade two type tear or something like that. But obviously we don't know. I know he was back up. You know, he'll be in Indy if he's not already this week, but he'll be in Indy this week for a second evaluation um, on the knee kind of. They want to make sure the swelling has gone completely down so they get the best picture, the best image as possible. But you're right. If it was a torn ACL, we know. Look at Joe, um, Tyron Smith, the Cowboys' left tackle. He yeah. got a you know tore his hamstring, um, and that was Brutal. last night. He was walking out of the stadium, and then this morning we find out that he's gonna have, have needs to have surgery, and he's going to miss. You know, if he comes back at all, it won't be till December. Till December, yeah. I think that's a similar time frame for Jensen. Don't expect to see him anytime back before the Germany game and even at right after the Germany game is, is pushing it. If he comes back, it's probably going to be, you know, late to mid December, uh, that Bengals game, maybe that Cardinals game, mm. a couple game reps in against the, the Panthers and, and the Falcons and, and then make that playoff push. But mm. again, it's going to, <laughs> he's willing himself back to health. Yeah. It, it's, it's going to be something to, to monitor. And until we get a real diagnosis, I've, you know, I'm not reporting and I haven't reported it yet because I can't, you know, lock it down. But from what it sounds like, he might not need surgery. It might be something that has to heal on its own, which is why, again, he hasn't gone under the knife and they haven't ended the season. Because if it is something that can heal on its own, you don't want to, you know, rush that surgery or whatever. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll get a report here soon. It's been long enough. Like they've, he's, gone through multiple valuations mm. at some point they got to tell us what's going on um to an extent like, they could still not tell us everything but to an extent they're going to tell us like hey he's going to miss until december he might be back into december which kind of lines up with that time frame that todd bulls initially said the day you know the day after two days after it happened which mm. that late november december time frame. so i mean who knows at this point really <laughs> Yeah. I'll tell you who knows. You know, Dr. Yeah. J.C. Allen on <laughs> Dr. J.C. Allen NFL. 
That he's talking about Colin, he's Casey's telling us about what weight or where the weight is when he's like stopping on a dime when an when an Aaron Ball comes in. Like this is a Zapruder type shit that Buck <laughs> Sickos are absolutely loving on August twenty fifth. I mean, not the not the injury part portion, but like the reporting, the info. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's good sign. So, I love it. Love I it. love that. Love. That's so detailed. I want to shift gears and talk about the receivers because, I mean, that's there's so many storylines in this wide receiver room alone that I'd like. It, let's just start with with the big boys. Uh, Evans return to Mike return to practice this week. How did he look? Uh, still no Russell Gage, right? Um, any yeah. updates there? And then uh, Godwin. I know he was doing 11, 11, 11 on 11s earlier in the week. How does he look? If you could just kind of comment on those three guys as, as you wish, you know, um, I'd love to, to hear hear what you got as it relates to those those big boys. Yeah, Gage is, Gage is a wait and see. You don't want to rush it back into Hammy. You don't want to bother that. You saw how long it took Mike Evans. Um, I would expect Gage to be back sometime next week. Uh, if you look at the time frame where Mike Evans tweaked his hamstring, and I don't know if it is the same type of injury or whatnot. Um, if it's more, you know, severe or, or if it's kind of along the same lines, but if you're going by the Mike Evans time frame, you know, it, it would be next week. Cause it happened about a week after Mike Evans did. So it'd be sometime next week. So I could see that happening. Um, as far as, uh, Mike Evans, was he hurt? I don't know. <laughs> you're like, he looks like Mike Evans out there His speed is yeah. there. He's making, you know, his, his route running's there, his catching abilities there. Who would have thought he he had a hamstring tweak? Not me. Uh, just from observation. Brady should have Brady should have just tweaked his hamstring, and this wouldn't have been an issue. Right? No right? kidding. Just had Settles a big, tweaked hamstring. Um, and as far as Godwin, super encouraging. Like super encouraging. He was wearing that uh, start of practice this week on Monday, wearing the black no contact, uh, getting a little bit on 11 11s. But it was they were practicing on the third field, and we couldn't really we didn't have a good vantage point. They didn't practice the next two days indoors. He had an off day today, but the next two days were indoors wearing that orange creamsicle non-contact jersey. Uh, the first day, he, he so sick he, by the way. The jersey, right. sorry, yeah. yeah. The the first day he was out on some routes and he simulated it was a run a run play and he simulated pass blocking, kind of you know getting out there. And, you know, they're not hitting or real life tackling or blocking or anything like that. But, you know, he was simulating that blocking, getting his hands on somebody, which is and then he and then he ran a uh, design screen throw where he had to run through a couple people and make some contact, you know, trying to s sneak through the, the tacklers because they just like kind of tag you, wrap you up a little bit. Um, and then on the next day, uh, on Wednesday, he was out there catching balls like you wouldn't believe, you know, a uh, one-handed grab on the sideline in front of Nolan Turner, turned it around him and, and got for the score. A uh, touchdown on a crosser in the back of the end zone. A deep touchdown from Kyle Trask with Kyler McMichael in coverage. Like he looked, he looks like Chris Godwin. Like, like again, they're, they're so taking good, it man. No contact obviously is happening really. Uh, they're taking it slow. But as far as what I've seen from Godwin, I would not be shocked if he's ready to go by week one. Um, he won't play. To, uh, on Saturday for sure, but I would not be shocked to see if he's ready to go by week one. And if not, the very least week two, week three, the fact that they didn't put him on PUP, which means he would have missed the first six weeks. The fact that he's out there practicing um, doesn't appear like he's going to go on injured reserve, which means he missed the first four weeks. So you cross those two timetables out. 
I mean, week three, the latest, Godwin will be back. The latest, and I think it's probably week one that he's back. I love that. Colin, how good is that? How good is that to hear? So great. And I think it was, I think it was actually JC who said, who made an an interesting point um, about, and correct me if I'm wrong, if it wasn't you, JC, about how Godwin's injury being a contact injury could actually, in a twisted way, uh, be beneficial in terms of the whole mental mental hurdle you're facing when you come back from that from a torn ACL because when it's a non-contact injury you're then subconsciously fearful of every cut of your fear you're scared of the grass right, right? he doesn't have that was that you who said that because I thought that was a very yeah. astute observation um, yeah it's gonna be yeah yeah I was talking about that on the Twitter space it'll be interesting when he gets contact though right like there's and a, a, I don't think he's going to shy away from it at all or anything like that. But yeah, you see a lot of these guys sometimes they'll play hesitant and, and not scared, but hesitant because you're just running a normal route. You cut the wrong way and all of a sudden freak ACL injury, freak ACL, MCL, and, and you're done. You know, you have this long road to rehab. Um, and then when you get back out there, it's like, you know, that, okay, I cut this way. How did that happen? You're like, you look at the tape and you're yeah. like, that happen and then it's subconsciously in the back of your mind whereas if it's football you're gonna get hit like there's no way around it you're you got mm-hmm. the ball in your hands you're getting tackled mm-hmm. so i mean you know it's coming if you catch the ball with uh yeah. and, and while well, you could be you know have some trepidation about getting hit certain ways or whatever because of that injury because of the way it happened you're not gonna have trepidation every time the ball snapped and you have to run your route you know, so I think it, it does kind of ease your mind a little bit as, and again, I'm not speaking from experience. Uh, I'm not an athlete of any sort of shape, size, uh, but I, I think that's something with the mental aspect of it. That Come on, you, you've, been, you've an elite voice box, bro. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> that's true. That's great, true. Lung, great lungs on the kid. Uh, Kristen Blankenship on YouTube says Jensen is using Brady's witch doctor. I don't know if she's referring to I Dr. JC he's... Allen or Alex Guerrero, but either way, I yeah. hope Jensen's using him. Hope Jensen. I know. Using that, doc. I took the words out of my mouth. Call. Yeah, please. Let's get as many witch doctors in here as possible to get to get uh, to get Jensen on the field. I don't. I don't care what what needs to happen here. Some sort of witch's brew. Uh, whatever. Whatever. I'm they do. not voodoo doctor, right? Yeah, we don't need exactly. Nolan's voodoo, you know, with yeah, yeah. Up, yeah. take him down to the take him down to the bayou and just figure it out. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, now I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he jumps on pliability. You know, it is ligaments. It's not you know ligaments and muscles. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's a break. So, you know, elongate those and 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 do what you can to, you know, once you can start rehabbing. I would not be surprised to find out that Guerrero is working on Jensen. Yeah. Um. Now sticking with the wide receivers. JC, you and I touched on this on your Twitter space this week. Um, I got a great article about it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, the so in terms of the the final wide receiver spots, you and I you and I kind of debated it briefly as I was in the middle of working on that piece. Um, so Cyril Grayson's out of the picture now. I mean, that, that you know, not super surprising. Um, and I expect Rashad Perriman to see a similar fate personally. Like I, Cyril Grayson has impressed me more than Rashad Perriman. Um, they've both been hurt. So it just, I, I have trouble envisioning a scenario where they keep him. Um, and I know you, so, so the question becomes like, are they going to keep seven? Are they going to keep six? Right. Mm-hmm. I think, are we in agreement here that, 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 that it just feels like there's too much talent there to not keep seven. And with the injuries they've dealt with previously, 
what are your thoughts? Like, am I am I overreaching here? I was team seven. I've I've been team seven. I'm on the fence now. I really Whoa. am on the fence about team seven and team six. Uh, it it really depends on what they want to keep. I you know you can't look at these guys as wide receivers, right? You, they're not going to see the field unless there's an injury. Like right. you're not going to have Jalen Darden out there as a regular guy. Maybe you have some plays for him. You're not going to see Scotty Miller out there and be like, oh, we need a deep threat. Throw Scotty out there. Evans and Godwin and Gage and Julio are going to do just fine in that capacity. It's going to be hard enough to see Tyler get Tyler Johnson on the field for snaps, let alone a seventh guy in a DeAndre Topkins or or a um, or a guy like you know, Scotty Miller or Brashad Perriman. Like these guys, most likely aren't going to see the field. Now, maybe you know, maybe that sixth guy might see it a little bit more if they're trying to keep Julio Jones fresh. If they're trying to ease Godwin back in, you're trying to do those two things in the early of the season. So, you know, maybe, you know, you get more snaps for, for Johnson. You get more snaps for that sixth guy, whether it's Darden or Miller or, or, or Tompkins or whatever, which I think it's going to be Darden. Uh, I, I'm pretty much sure that's that's the guy who's going to win that sixth spot. So maybe you get snaps for them out there. But for the most part, these guys are going to be special teams. And with the signing of Jannard Avery in the, with the, with the, you know, the – play of a guy like Nolan Turner with the play of a guy like uh Olakan uh I butchered his first name sorry yeah, but you you nailed the last name though I did hey. Don Gardner Rashad Robinson um you know and still I think four tight ends is a lock they're not going to be able to sneak O'Keefe back on the practice squad it's just not going to happen so four tight ends is a lock you know I touched briefly maybe they keep three running backs and get Gio back in the practice squad because he's the vested vet doesn't have to go through waivers uh, and mm. he's already guaranteed nine hundred thousand dollars not nine hundred million Josh nine hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for the year so it'd be just like hey you're already making close to a million dollars from us anyways come back in the practice squad we'll elevate you if we have an injury or if we need you because you can elevate guys I think up to four maybe six times this year I'm not I'm not positive I know it's at least four it could be six though so I mean I I, I don't know I think this team this is going to be a huge huge game for a lot of these guys uh, in order to prove special teams and if they find value in keeping that fifth linebacker which I think with the signing of Jannard Avery and with um, Bull's comments today he pretty much said you know we saw him he was available we'd rather have him in here now than have injuries happen and have to go look for this guy later. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think Avery was in line for reading from Steelers Depot and, and some of the beat writers. He was in line for the number three position outside linebacker spot, and everyone thought he had that. So him getting cut was a big surprise. I don't think Avery would have a difficult time maybe finding a spot somewhere else if he is cut um, on final cut down. So do they keep that fifth line outside linebacker now, which I didn't think they were going to. So now you kind of have to shut. Now who are you taking away from what spot there? Are they keeping nine offensive linemen? Uh, with maybe a Brandon Walton included and a Fred Johnson, or maybe are they only keeping eight? So it's such a balancing act. Who do they think that they can get on the practice squad um, that they can have there and you know call up in case of an injury happens and is going to be happy staying in the practice squad all year with a chance to win a ring and be part of something special? So like, there's so many different. Nolan Turner goes out there and lights it up on special teams and as a safety. They want to keep him, especially with Keanu Neal kind of battling something right now and not mm. 100% sure if he'll be ready to go. Now, most likely he will be able to be ready to go. 
but you know, do you want to keep him? So there's so many different variables here on what they want to do. You know, do they keep three inside linebackers with just KJ Britt and try to get Fadokazi, who's had a lights out preseason and might get scooped up by somebody else, or Grant Stewart, who was third in the league with special teams tackles last year? Does he get scooped up on waivers? So there's such a balancing act that can they afford that luxury of a seventh wide receiver to protect against injury? When A, you're probably getting Brashad Perriman back in the practice squad, and you'll probably be able to get one of Kalen Geiger or or Devin Tompkins back in the practice squad as well. Maybe both of them, and maybe even or Jared Stearns on there as well. So like it's such a juggling act. And where I was, team seven wide receiver all the way, because there's so much talent, and you really can you give up talent when you've had the injuries histories? I don't know if that's the case right now. And I think some of these guys have stepped up to the point where they've showed the bucks that hey maybe we can maybe we don't need seven Mm -hmm. wide maybe it's more beneficial to have another guy that can play the different spot provide that depth and provide special teams that way so i i have no idea (laughs) from a very surface level i mean hey that was an awesome breakdown jc i think i just based on how good those guys are i think i would actually like the flexibility at another spot and have the six wide receivers personally but i don't think there's a I don't think there's like an egregious answer either way, to be honest, right? Like it's not a terrible problem to have. Obviously it's just going to just, they're going to have to make a decision one way or the other. I don't think um, that the, you know, the team's going to get killed uh, for whichever way they actually land. But I think just after hearing all that and thinking about it a little bit, knowing that they could use some depth pieces at some other, uh, you know, places on the roster. And the fact that I like their receivers so much, I would lean with the six, but who knows? If they could only keep 57, it'd be perfect. Right? Yeah, yeah, seriously, right? Yeah, roster, you could have your seventh wide receiver. You could have your yeah. seven. You know, you could keep Mike Green around on the team. You could keep Grant Stewart and, and Fado Kazi, and you could keep, at, you know, a, a fifth or a sixth, fifth safety at, or sixth corner. At but, that point, too, I think you even offer the witch doctor a roster spot, right? right. I mean, I, I, there's offer and value there, so. Absolutely. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like JC, your your wife is going to need a witch doctor to cure her from having to deal with you in your sleep. Muddle, like I feel like you're sleep talking. You're probably like Fadukasi, Brandon Walton, uh, uh, Grant yeah. Stewart, like in, yeah. in your sleep. That's what I picture, dude. All these All names right. just bounce around your head, man. Impressive. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? But well, I, I'll I have do- my three out on Sunday. Um, Scott will yeah. have have five tomorrow with his fifty three. Um, mm. So look out for that. So that's going to be good. But I've done a 53 before. I've done midway. So I'm going to get mine out for the final two as well. Just keep it consistent. Um, and I'll have that ready for Sunday. And I'll have a couple more articles ready to go the next Amazing. Tuesday as well. So. And again, make sure you're following Josh on Twitter and you're checking out pewterreport.com for all the great written work from Josh and all of his colleagues. Um, and, you know, might as well plug our own work as well. BucksGameDay.com, the only Sports Illustrated website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got work coming out every day. David Harrison, Caleb Skinner. We got lots of good writers there as well. So Caleb Tampa Skinner, Bay- Mr. Mr. Sideline Catch over there at training camp. Yeah, yeah. He had a, was it actually a nice grab? Or I, I don't know if my guy it was a just- bobble. It was a bit of a bobble. You know, don't let, him, don't let him fool you like he one-handed Odell Beckham laid out for it. it was I think he bobble. got... I think he got both feet down, though, to be he fair. Did. No, you did. know what I mean? Relative. Yeah, exactly. It was out of bounds, but, you know, my car. But that's fine. So I guess he landed. Yeah. But was he standing on something to prop, like a Gatorade uh, no, he was cooler? Down at, 
Exactly. He was sitting weird because we have to like sit down and kneel down, and he saw it coming. Reflexes popped up, bobbled no. it, there and caught it, and and you know he threw it back to the to one of the you know assistants or whatever, and he had his training camp moment. I was like, that should have been me. No. <laughs> I don't think true. he was sitting down. I don't think he was actually sitting down, JC. He's just a little lacking in the height department, dude. That's all. It just looked like he was sitting down. Um, <laughs> sh- shout out Caleb. I'm just playing. Um, okay, a couple comments I want to bring up here. Here we got Quapo dropping his his predictions. Team seven, I'm with you, Quapo. Let's bring seven receivers, and it's perfect because dog's best friend right there. Oh, sorry, I mean there's three no. inside linebackers. True, that is interesting. Who so who would that third be then? Hmm? KJ. Yeah, yeah, KJ Britt. Yeah, he's been wearing the green dot. He's got the Mo and Mike right. experience. They trust him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be KJ unless Josh thinks it's Fadokazi. I don't think it's Stewart. Um, if, he, if it's Fadokazi, drop drop the name, name drop. Yeah, name John drop v- him, Josh, name drop him. Don't, don't leave and us jo- hanging here, Josh. And John V on Twitter or on YouTube watching us uh, wanted to name drop, but uh, uh, respectfully says he can't spell his name. He says, I think the backup linebacker whose name I can't spell is there in the spot. I refute, I assume he's talking about Fadokazi. Yeah. Russell. Sorry. Oh, no. Oh, I thought you know, it must have been JJ Russell, right? He's talking about JJ oh. Russell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then no, dog's best God. dog's best friend who's been wicked in the comments these last few weeks. Yeah. Pretty risky to put Devin Tompkins on the practice squad. I mean, I agree. So that's the reason why I think you go seven because you J- J- JC, you've mentioned about you know your intel about the t- the team being very favorable in terms of Darden, and they want to be a little bit patient with him. Um, and, and it seems like at least through training camp from all, everyone I'm talking to who's there, including yourself, that, that Darden has looked good as a receiver and at times looked improved as a kick returner, but maybe not as much as we'd like. It sounds like though, I feel the feeling is he he is in favor enough. He's probably going to earn a spot. I know you think that unless you want to correct me, but I recall you saying that. Um, so the thing is, I think Devin Tompkins has shown so much, maybe not in preseason, but he's he's only, you know, he's played like a half the last two games, and we'll see how much run he gets in this final preseason game in Indy. But I feel like they believe they have something real there, and I think it's going to it's gonna cost Scotty Miller his job, and I think it's going to cost them to maybe not ideally, but ha- but resort to keeping seven wide receivers simply to preserve the talent they believe is, is more exceptional in comparison to, to his position group than maybe some of these other names we're talking about. Um, what's his name? The safety out of Clemson. You were talking about um, Turner Turner, or like some of those guys, you know, not him specifically. I'm just trying to throw out an example. So right. just a thought as to how you could possibly justify them keeping seven receivers. What you said also makes tons of sense though. I can't wait for the, to check out your predictions article, Scott's fab five or uh, fab five to kind of see what people are, are saying. Cause it's a guessing game, man. It's like a balancing right. act. It's like the NFL draft. Positional need. Best available. Positional need, best available, right? Right. And you kind of get some intel as well as who they like. I Like, you know, there's a reason why I haven't mentioned Stearns at all in that competition. You know, I think Geiger's done some good things, but I don't think he's a realistic op- option to make the 53. I think you're really talking about those, if they do go seven, it's between Scotty and Tompkins. The problem, the problem is, is if they're rolling with Jalen Darden as a punt returner and potentially, you know, Rashad White as a kick returner, um, what, where does, where does Tompkins play on special teams? Right. I, I don't know. think how many, how many, how many strong enough to be a gunner as, as the guy's yeah. going to get down there and make the tackle. I, I just, I don't, 
that's that's the question I have, and that's why we are on the podcast today for Peter Report. And I was telling people, don't go take your piss breaks during special teams. Like everyone's like, oh, field goal, well, I'm gonna take a. Who needs a beer? Oh, kickoff. Yeah. A <laughs> oh, punt. Yeah. All right, I'll be right back. Uh, I'm gonna get some no. torpedoes. Don't <laughs> like if you're watching this and you're listening to me right now. Watch who's out there, especially in, in the earlier game, because you know while that's not gonna be a hundred percent who's gonna be the guy there. But if you see a guy like, uh, you know, Fado Kazi out on that first team, if you see a guy like, uh, you know, Devin Tompkins getting a start at punt returner, uh, that means they're giving him a real look. If you're if you see uh, who's another bubble guy, Nolan Turner out on the first team, you know, they're giving these guys a real look. And if then they show up on the stat sheet to go with it, it's going to be a difficult decision. You know, so. You know who's going to be the gunners? Who's who's going to be those outside guys rushing down to tackle the, the the kick returner or the punt returner? Who's who are those guys? Who's the punt blocker? Um, I mean, punt protector on, uh, that's that up back that's protecting the punter when when the kicking team is out there for punt. Like those things are all important. Like you know because normally you've got a mix of starters and you've got a mix of your your core special teamers out there when when you're out. So who's going to be out there as those bubble guys? Um, will give you an idea, and then how they perform will give you an idea of, of who might be those those guys on the bubble, the 52-53 spot who might make the team. For sure, man. That's good stuff. And, you know, yeah. while we, if, if we have any new viewers, I mean, please do us a solid. Uh, subscribe to the channel, Bucks Banter, on YouTube. Uh, I You know, you got to subscribe to Pewter Report on TV on YouTube as well. Um, Scott Capron and myself. Daily host joined by Josh, Joshua Cole, JC Allen, pardon me, um, right. of Pewter, Pewter Report. And we're, we're, we don't have too much time, but I do want to pack in a little bit, a couple other topics if you can yeah. do it, JC. Let's roll. What do you envision Rashad White's role being this season? You talked about how he's been working kick returns. Um, you know, does he have potentially a handle on the RB2 spot? I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn looked pretty good last week. But it feels like everyone is in love with Rashad White, not just as a receiver, but I mean, he's got that like the Le'Veon Bell comps are are honestly fair. Just if you're just talking, you're not. That doesn't mean you think he's going to be the best running back in football right. for a couple seasons. It means the way he runs with patience. And as I observed watching him specifically, um, he also has got that burst. He seems to. It, it's more of like a savvy, savvy way to run. Like it's like he's patient enough, but he can also he can also turn it up a gear when he needs to. Um, is he impressing as much as, as it sounds like he is? Yeah, absolutely. And with Geo Hurt, too, it's given him more opportunity. And, you know, that's not to take anything away from Keyshawn Vaughn, who's had a phenomenal camp, you know, was our Pewter Report MVP of the game last week uh, with his performance. And he's been catching the ball seamlessly, very few drops. Uh, he's been running the ball well, obviously, as we saw last week with a 54. It was like, what, 10 carries, 54 yards, something like that. Uh, so he's been shown out as a runner and as a receiver. His pass pro has been getting better, too. But right now, Josh Capel dropped in the in, in, in the chat, and, and he put a, a nice little Twitter thread on it. Go check it out if you haven't, about what Rashad White's been able to do in pass pro. He's picked up pass pro well. If you look at what, um, you know, uh, Coach uh, Byron Leftwich was talking about yesterday in his press conference, just saying he's a man's man. Uh, you listen to Rashad White in our training camp diaries and, and what he's had to say. He's picked up the offense very quickly. He's not out of place. He knows what he's doing. He knows the plays. He knows, um, you know, the protections, the assignments, the routes. It's about kind of building that chemistry 
with Brady and Byron. I'll, I'll get exactly kind of what Byron said. You know, he's like he's a man's man for a young guy. He's really he's a really thorough guy. He's really aware, really smart. He plays the game in a physical way. He takes notes like the quarterback. So he's a real smart kid uh, that has an understanding and feel for football, which allows him to play the way he plays, which is fast, quick, and really kind of without thinking. And usually you don't see that. Usually that's something that you see coming in the second year, you know, with, with guys with JTS and, and with Robert Hainsey and with a key um, with, a, you know, KJ Britt and, and Jalen Darden as a receiver. These guys know the playbook. They know the area. They know everything like they're not, you know, they're just going out there and they're playing football because they know their assignment. They know where to be. They know what this look means. They're used to the NFL speed. White's caught up quick, real quick. Um, and I think there's a possibility that he could be RB2 on the depth chart. Does that mean he's going to be RB2 in a game? I don't necessarily think so because Fournette is a three-down back. He's he's transformed himself in that they're going to want to keep him fresh for sure for the playoff for a playoff run, but as far as the running back room goes behind him, I still think it, it there's not a designated number two guy i think it'll be more of a kind of a committee type deal if geo's on the roster use utilize him in situations where you know he's going to be utilized best utilize uh Keyshawn vaughn in certain in certain uh ways and utilize rashad white um you know he's he's drawn comparisons by you know albert breer recently so, you know came to camp and you know kind of picked the notes of the beat writers there and wrote an wrote an article and, and compared him to maybe james white-esque um Brady never really had a true three down back, uh, you know, before and Corey Dillon was probably the closest, you know? Um, yeah. so James White was always that, that guy, you know, you had LeGarrette Blunt over there bruising bodies. And then you had James White as the runner, you know, you had yeah. a receiver. So you had those types of situations where you have Leonard. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be designated number two Rashad White's the guy, but I do think he'll get plenty of opportunities to make plays. It'll be very interesting to see how their their you know running back depth is utilized, and I and I'm especially curious to see how Todd Bowles will handle that compared to Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians was old school as hell with the running backs, and if they missed one block, you know they were on the shelf. Rojo just couldn't get get a look if he if he fucked up one play. Very curious to see how the new head coach will handle that, right? And um, in terms of like talking about the rave reviews from the coaching staff um, about Rashad White, like. I don't believe that's just coach because if anything, I find they like to break down the rookies more than anything, especially at the right. I agree. They tend to say they're behind. Oh, he's got to figure this out. He's got to figure that out. Bowles is a no-nonsense dude. He's not buttering anyone up to the media. He feels zero obligation to do so. That's part of that Bruce Arians can't like train a thought as well. So that is to me genuinely very uh positive in regards to that. So that's great intel there. Um yeah. Dog's best friend with a savage comment, Camara without Camara <laughs> without the felonies. I mean, we had Thor Nystrom um, on the show after the draft to do a, a draft recap, and he was he's a huge fan of Rashad White as a receiver, and and so you've made the James White comparison, who is obviously an incredible receiving specialist for a running back. Really, um, you know, I don't know if I see James White comparison. I'm just saying that's like you know with with who Brady has had as as receiving weapons out of the backfield. He's, yeah. he's the best receiving weapon that he's had it since in Tampa Bay, pretty much. And I think, you know, even though Leonard Fournette had, you know, 60-something catches and was third in the team in receptions, I think Rashad White is 
potentially a better receiver than him at this point. Sorry. Uh, thank you for correcting me. I, I, there we go. So, anyway, that's yeah, exciting. Got, he's got that Le'Veon Bell patience, and James White was not a running back. James White no. was strictly a no receiver. receiving back, and that's it. That's true. I, I just meant as a trusted. I just meant as a trusted pass catcher, yeah, which is okay. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, last thing I want to mention is, and and it's it's I kind of got to mention it because there's so many names. The top 100 list. The players voted on it, so you oh, can't get God. you can't get all bent out of shape, right? Like, what are you supposed to do? But but it is interesting. Some of the names that weren't on there, I have to just at least bring it up from a Bucks perspective. Unless I missed one. I think Vita Vea, Levante David, Carlton Davis, and Chris Godwin all fell outside of the top 100, according to the players. Who is the most surprising omission by the players in voting, the ones who vote on that? And I know half the players have talked about, oh, man, I used to vote for my buddy. Uh, one dude right. for the Eagles was dating my sister. So and I Andrew Whitworth kind of blew that out of, out of the water, too, you know, mm. recently in, in one of his posts as well. And then I, I liked it, retweeted it, and I think I quote retweeted it, and Andrew Whitworth followed me. So thanks for the follow, Andrew Whitworth. Oh, hey. oh. <laughs> um, that's big. But um, like him, I think Vita Vea, to be honest with you, and that's you know Levante David had a down season to his standards. He missed a bunch of time as well, so I wasn't too surprised about that one. Chris Godwin, you know, for everything he did before he got hurt, if he kept being healthy, I think you would have made the list for sure. Um, he was, I mean. He, he was having an incredible season. Could have scored a few more touchdowns maybe, but I think he was just having an incredible season. He's becoming one of those guys that's really difficult to, to block. Carlton Davis, you got you to gotta make more interceptions. You, you just have to yeah. make more interceptions. I, yeah, well said. Uh, Gronk is another guy who who I think, but you know, because he missed such time, you know, still ended up with over 850 yards receiving, you know, and still was a force. Um, I think he might have been a slight snub. I think I'd probably put him over anybody else besides Vita Vea, but Vita Vea was just named the third best defensive tackle by players, coaches, and scouts in the league, you know, for yeah. like top five. So like, he's just, um, you know, the top duo potentially with him and Akeem Hicks uh, at defensive tackle. So like, I just think he's such an underrated guy. He, he's, you know, he, he's stacking up the stats. Obviously he, he built that up a little bit more, but for what he does, the presence he brings, the, the, you know, the attention he commands, um, I think, you know, and I'm not talking like 60s, 70s, but like late 90s. I think there's a few guys. Maybe, maybe you take the fullback out. Sorry, Juice, and you put Vita Vea in that spot or something like that. But I think I would think Vita Vea was probably the biggest snub in my opinion um, for the Bucks. And, and again, just because you know, I Devin White was probably too high. Um, but I think if you look at what what Levante did last season, still very impactful player, just not Levante David standards. Um, and he'll be the first to tell you that not as many splash plays and he was just, hurt. He was he hurt. hurt. He was hurt and he missed some time. Vontae's gonna Levante's gonna just smash this year in every way. Hicks and Vay in front of them, they're gonna open up oh. so much for everybody in this in this defense. You're talking about the middle linebackers having more freedom. You're talking about the outside linebackers being able to get one on ones and potentially matchups with tight ends and running backs chipping them. And you're talking about the pressure they can bring in the middle. And allow the pressure on the outside. Not to even mention the fact that you know, if you're sending Levante or White on a blitz, or you're sending a safety blitz or a corner blitz, um, the pressure that's going to get to the quarterbacks that's going to limit their time to hold on to the ball and force them to get the ball quicker than they want to before routes fully develop is going to give the, the the DBs all sorts of chances to come down with interceptions too. It's going to be a really fun defense to watch, and I'm very excited. 
to get our first look at those two guys in the middle against some real competition. No, I mean, they're going to have their hands full too with Quinn Nelson. Um, but it's going to be fun to watch those two guys operate and see how many guys they take up. Because right now, I think as an offensive line, I mean, two guys are, you know, one on one, but you're going to have another guy come in here and, and double team or, or chip or do something. So you're talking about three blockers on two guys. And that's going to free up some stuff for the, for the other guys on the field. I'm going to take a page out of my co-host Scott Capron's book here because he's not a Bucks fan, right? He's just he always provides that objective lens, which I think is mm-hmm. so valuable to have for a Bucks podcast. Scott, you've heard me say it a million times, but if we have any new listeners, maybe they're not aware. So it's important to, to bring that up. But what Scott will do on occasion is offer this like this from a step back from his little perch. And I'm I, I, we're dropped like you just cat, you know, we we casually mentioned Akeem Hicks's name. You brought up Donovan Smith earlier. There's guys like Jamel Dean. There's there's like Carlton Davis, there's so many talented players on this team who we don't have time to even mention in a training camp update. We're, we're already over an hour. It's truly unbelievable. And I think it should provide a little bit of comfort to those who are kind of on the, oh, shit, our, our interior O-line's banged up, blah, 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 blah. Hainsey looks great. Gadecki looks great. For Christ's sake, we could throw Keith in there at left guard if we have to, the way that dude blocks. He's making the team, by the way. I'm calling that. Keith's making I, the team. I agree. Anyway, I just want to say for Bucks fans who are tuning in, what a time. Don't you dare yeah. take it for granted. No matter what happens this year, the, the roster that Jason Light has assembled here with the help of the greatest quarterback of all time, by the way, who's your freaking 45-year-old quarterback. I mean, what a time to be a Bucks fan. I'm just yeah. hyped, hyped as hell. We're going we're gonna to log off and talk for another hour about the same shit. So, <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everyone for joining us in the comments. Love getting the input from – from our listeners yeah, uh some JC, great comments in there today sorry yeah really yeah. good ones that was awesome jc i'm gonna let you plug your work because you do so much of it and and you can say it better than i can so why don't you take a moment to just tell everyone where they can find your stuff i feel like most people watching already know but do it yeah at jc allen nfl right there that's my twitter i'm mostly active on twitter i got an instagram by the same handle it's just mostly some like you know pictures of um, you know, training camp, OTAs, whatever situations, games. Well, I'll just whatever. Um, but mostly Twitter. I'm your one-stop shop for Bucks information. Like if it's coming from PFF, if it's coming from NFL, if it's coming from NFL Network, Pat McAfee's got something to say. If it's coming from PewterReport.com, you know it's out. My own content, NFL content, Bucks content. If you're a Bucks fan and you're looking for everything you need that's coming out about the Bucks including the, no offense, the most comprehensive coverage of Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in the Tampa Bay area. My page is going to have anything you're looking for. I'm doing some awesome Twitter spaces where I encourage you guys to be involved. Come up as speakers. If you can't, for whatever reason, drop your questions, comments, concerns in, in, the, in the little comment box as well, and I'll get to those. Um, Peter Report TV, we're doing some crazy things. We got, we're going to kick off the season with a brand-new uh, series, uh, Pewter Tailgate, which will go about two hours before game time. We'll switch over to the la- that last half hour before game time with Pewter Game Day. Then we'll uh, pre- to pre- Pewter Pregame and Josh Cape, uh, Capo, Quapo, whoever you want to say the guy's last name. <laughs> spell it with like, spell if you're going to spell it with a Q, like, come on, spell it with a C, whatever. Um, <laughs> him and Maddie Matera will be on that, leading right up into Pewter Game Day, which will be our live in game feed with Pat Paul Atwal, who will be coming back um, and breaking down the X's and O's with Maddie Matera. And then, as always, we'll have our post-game podcast. So plenty of content on YouTube TV, podcasts four days a week, uh, 
training camp, tit, uh, you know, press conference tidbits and stuff like that. So we'll have all that stuff coming at you live there. And um, anything you guys need, Capo. So just spell it like that, Josh. <laughs> like, yeah, just change your last name. That's totally right. totally. Like that's, legally that's that goes. change your last name to Capo. Makes it easier. Josh, we'd really would, appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Everything easier. But yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. That's keep me. up the great keep up the great work, JC. It's great to have you on. Um, make sure you you subscribe to the Bucks Banter YouTube channel. Um, and we keep having great guests from from our friends over at Pewter Report. I love what I love about covering the Buccaneers in the in this media is it's very collaborative and, and all of, all of our reporters and people aren't afraid to work together and, and big up each other's work. One of my favorite parts about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers sports media landscape. So I've, I've truly enjoyed to be a part of it. Um, and I, I've enjoyed watching. Right. It's literally like amazing. Like, I mean, there's, so, there's maybe one outlet out there who was kind of like dog eat dog, but the rest of us, we all, and unfortunately you're in Canada, so you can't be down here, but in the, in the media room, we're all talking after practices. Like, you know, obviously we're going to kind of keep what we want to write for content to ourselves. And, you know, now that we can do some one-on-ones with interviews, you know, we'll get some exclusive stuff. They'll get some exclusive stuff. For the most part, we're all discussing practice and discussing thing. It's really a back and forth environment. And, and I've got friends who work all around the league and, you know, I, I tell them how our law, how our media room is. And they're like, really? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It, it's so, there's, there's so much of, and Greg Almond too. Like Greg Almond was a guy who got me where I partially where I, where I am today. You know, he was one of the first guys I reached out to. He's been kind of like a mentor toward to me, you know, uh, before I joined Peter report and now I had Scott and then I had John and now, and now I have Scott and, uh, you know, those guys over there. So, but just to echo your thoughts, shout out to Tampa Bay media. We're, we're killing it over here. Uh, you know, teamwork makes a dream work, you know, yeah, and, and we're, uh, we're, it's really such an, a great atmosphere to be in for sure. And, and you'll see me there. I'll be at training camp next, next summer, I busy summer getting hitched, had the bachelor party busted out the tees. That's actually my Ooh, face. I, my, be- my best yeah. man, <laughs> Scotty has one. Scott has one. Yeah, I almost put it on. I literally, I just couldn't find it. That's so funny. I was gonna wear it. That's boom. That's great. The Fox logo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so good. Twenty-seven of those T-shirts went out to uh, some of some of Toronto GTA's most finest, Toronto area's most finest. Um, (laughs) Anyway, sub the channel. Check out Bucks Game Day. Check out PewterReport.com. Thanks again, everyone who tuned in, whether you're watching live or listening um to the stream later on on any of your preferred podcast streaming services. Appreciate you. Go Bucks. Let's go.